Greater Santon and beyond. Get ready for the Santon Times Hour with your host, Alexander. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between and beyond, this is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and also available on all good digital audio platforms. I'm Alexander Leipner and this is season five of the Santon Times Hour. It's edition 142. It's week four of 2024. And a happy new year, one last time. And I would like to wish you all the very best for the months ahead. And may it be a year of more for all. Especially all those good things. That's what we want. 2020 more. If you'd like to get in touch, if you'd like to send through your questions, your comments, or your feedback, you can do so as you did last year. You can email editor at santantimes.ca.za or connect on social media at Santon Times or visit the website www.santontimes.co.za. And what a record quarter the end of last year was for the Santon Times. So thank you to all of those who logged on, who visited, and who make it a regular read. It's much appreciated. And if you're listening live on Mix 93.8 right now and not uh, on a podcast at a later stage, well, you can use the WhatsApp line. It's open on 084-822-0938. That's 084-822-0938. And it's always good to hear from you. So if I haven't heard from you uh, as the new year starts, do so. Please use send through a message. It'd be good to hear from you. Even a voice note. It's always nice to hear some familiar voices and especially the regulars who always send through uh, messages. Thank you. And I hope you've had a, a good start to a new year. A very special welcome to everyone listening for the very first time as well. If this is the first time that you've tuned in, I see that we had some record audiences listening to the podcast over December, which was really encouraging. And I think December, a lot of people went on road trips. They they had some time. So they obviously dived into the archives on the podcast and had a chance to listen to a lot of the editions. So thank you for that. And uh, if you're listening in Johannesburg and Pretoria, across South Africa or anywhere else in the world, if it's online or on air, wherever you are, Welcome back, and I'm happy to report that all is well in Santonland. And it is a new year, and uh, we're back with uh, some fresh new energy after a bit of rest. And uh, I do hope you enjoyed some of the replays over the past month uh, right here on uh, Mix 93.8. And uh, obviously, if you subscribe to the podcast platform as well, you've got a whole archive that you had a chance to listen to at uh, any time and wherever you were. Welcome back to Vincenzo. Hey, good to see you again, man. We haven't uh, spoken that much yet, but you're back behind the mixing desk, and thank you for being back for another year. Glad this has uh, been working out quite well, and uh, you look very rested. Do you have a good break? Yes? CC. Okay, well, that's good. I certainly had a, a most memorable December break, I must tell you, and uh, the next two weeks, I'm going to be sharing some of those experiences with you in a bit of a two-part, and I say part because I'm going to say mundelung, which is a, a very good Afrikaans word, especially if you are an international listener. Mondelung is like a, a show and tell. It's like an oral presentation at school. So generally when you come back from school holidays, you would have a mondelung about your trip to the sea or your trip overseas or your trip to wherever you went. Maybe you went to the bush, maybe you stayed at home, but there was always a mondelung. So this is my mondelung for the next uh, two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting mondelung. I headed out to uh, Miami and Orlando in Florida in the United States. I had... Uh, Never been to either of those before, and I'd never been to the United States. So this was really and truly a complete new adventure. I really do hope that you kick back with me over the uh, next uh, hour or so. And we do a bit of armchair traveling together. I know most people are back at the office, back at work, kids are back at school. But even though the year's just started and, and the, the holidays are distant memory, 
here's a chance to maybe do a bit of theater of the mind and let's travel together on uh, a bit of a, a walk down memory lane to Miami and the Bahamas for what I'm going to be calling my Miami Mondelung. And, uh, and next week we'll do Orlando, which uh, includes Disney World, Universal Studios, Kennedy Space Center, and so much more. And I really do hope it inspires you to maybe look at the year eight and go, you know what? Maybe we should do this at the end of the year. Here's a, a bucketless dream destination. You know, the kids want to do Disney World, or you've thought of doing Universal Studios, or maybe you're fascinated with space, or maybe you've wanted to do a cruise all your life, and you thought maybe this is the opportunity. Let's dream a bit together. Let's do it. So coming up on this week's show, we're heading to Miami in the United States, and uh, we're going to be chatting about the christening of the Norwegian Viva, uh, which is the latest Prima class cruise ship owned by Norwegian Cruise Line, which I'm going to be telling you about. Then I'll take you on a tour of the uh, ship itself, and uh, we head to the Bahamas, and we spend an afternoon swimming with pigs. <laughs> you heard correctly, and I'm going to tell you the full story. And then I get a chance to chat to one of the senior leadership uh, at uh, NCL, and I'll be sharing that interview with you, and uh, all the details are coming up. And finally, we take a tour of Miami to get a feel for the city, its people, and why you might want to add this destination to your travel dream list for 2024. So whatever seat you're in right now, I encourage you to put on your seatbelts and uh, let's go on a journey across the Atlantic Ocean to a city in the United States oozing with heat, even in winter, and a very distinctive Latino energy that makes it a super sexy place to go to. And who better to transition us into the right mood than Miami royalty herself? She's an eight-time Grammy Award winner, Gloria Estefan. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. Promote your brand. Advertise your business. Our audience could be your next client. Contact the Santon Times today. The latest news. The biggest names. The best destinations. The hottest entertainment. This is the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and available on all good digital audio platforms. And that was Gloria Estefan and You'll Be Mine. And uh, if you've just joined us, uh, welcome to the first of a fresh new edition of the Santon Times Hour for 2024. And it's a bit of a two-part vacation mundeling, an oral of what happened over the holidays. And in this case, it's a Miami mundeling uh, for this week. As I headed to the uh, United States for the christening of the Norwegian Viva, which is a brand new cruise ship that had set sail towards the end of last year. And uh, before we get into the next hour, let me place a brief disclaimer up front that uh, much of what I'm about to share with you are my personal impressions and uh, by no means a definitive guide to anything. But uh, if you've ever had the United States or Florida, or in this case, Miami, on your list of places you've always wanted to go to. Well, hopefully, I hope this inspires you to uh, maybe consider a trip maybe at the end of the year or whenever you decide to take your next holiday. And uh, it just gives you a bit of a taste, and a bit of a feel. And let's let our imaginations wander as we go through the, uh, the next hour. And that being said, I think uh, the best part about traveling really is the opportunity to see what South Africa is getting right, because often we miss that. I feel so many people go, oh, you're going overseas, it's so much better, blah, blah, blah. It's not always. And it isn't as fantastic sometimes as people think. And also, look at what we're doing wrong and what we could be doing better. And in the same uh, breath, what are places like the United States getting right and what are they getting wrong and what maybe isn't as fantastic as we thought it was and what is really something that we might 
want to consider. So that's always the great thing about uh, taking a trip uh, somewhere in the world. So the first hot tip, if uh, I can mention that, is that if you do decide to uh, make a trip to Miami, (laughs) please make it a direct flight uh, because uh, I ended up flying somewhere in the region of 30 hours. Uh, So from Cape Town to uh, London Heathrow and then from there to Miami, which is an incredibly long time to be sitting in an economy class seat uh, in this case, uh, on British Airways. And um, interesting experience, though, uh, in terms of landing in London Heathrow, which has uh, a great uh, sort of duty-free section. I mean, there's lots going on there, all the sort of super shops. And I mean, with the pound-rand exchange at the moment, it's a bit, bit bitterly cruel in terms of doing any shopping. But uh, one thing that I find quite amusing is that I, I have one of those those cards, those uh, credit cards that that's linked to one of these lounge benefits. And uh, so you get to use certain lounges in certain countries uh, whenever you get the chance, which is great because these lounge accesses cost an absolute fortune. I managed to get into one of the lounges and there was my first realization in terms of what South Africa has to offer. I mean, if you've ever had a chance to go into one of South Africa's lounges, and I'm particularly thinking about the slow lounge, uh, which we have at, uh, at, at our airports. I mean, it is just, it's like chalk and cheese. I mean, we have the most incredible lounge setup at a fraction of the price. I mean, you've got the most wonderful food, coffees, shower facilities, bathrooms. I mean, the most beautiful stuff. Here at this London Heathrow uh, lounge, I mean, I've never seen such manky seating in my life. It looked like it looked like a couch that somebody had sat in for their entire life watching TV. That thing had been so worn out. It needed a, a do-over so badly. And then if you wanted to take a shower, it would have costed 500 rand. <laughs> to take a 15-minute shower. I thought they were joking. I mean, I couldn't believe this wasn't included in the actual access price to to this lounge. So 500 bucks for a 15-minute shower. And then if you wanted to get changed in the actual bathrooms, the cubicle of the toilet cubicle was so tiny. I mean, it was like a, it was smaller than a telephone booth that you literally had to sort of lift your suitcase to open and close the door and then kind of do a bit of a yoga move to to try and get in and out. And I just thought, wow, you know what? We are, in some instances, we live in the lap of luxury when it comes to some of the travel facilities we have at some of our airports. So kudos uh, to to some of these places. Anyway, arrive in Miami after a very long trip. And, uh, and that was the first, another great uh, realization as to kind of what things cost in the world. If you wanted to get a luggage trolley to, to kind of put your luggage on at the airport and, and push it to your Uber or your taxi or whatever your connection is, 200 rand, 200 rand for a luggage trolley at the airport, mind you. I thought, well, you know what? These suitcases are actually not that heavy anymore. I think I'm just going to pull these or carry these or do whatever, but like, I'm not paying 200 rand for a luggage trolley. And then you got Uber in the United States where it all started. And uh, which, which, which one thing that I found quite amusing was that the the cars only have a license plate on the back, so not in the front. So when you're calling an Uber and you're looking at the license plate number and you want to know, well, uh, which is my Uber? How do I identify it? Well, you kind of have to always wait for the Uber to kind of almost pass you to see what the license plate number is, which is, I thought was a bit strange. Get to the hotel, uh, which was quite a, uh, quite a nice hotel uh, the night before the, uh, the, the christening. So you kind of get there in a good time just in case you know there's any delays with flights etc and that's when i got my uh, my first education on dining in the united states because um i wasn't aware of the service charge that they charge when you go uh, have something to eat in a restaurant specifically and then obviously of course that the value added tax is not necessarily calculated 
uh, on the menu. So when you look at the menu, you've got a price and you go, okay, well, I'm paying X amount. And then when you get the bill, well, it's X plus the tax plus uh, a service charge. So before you know it, you've paid quite a bit more than what you're expecting to pay when it comes to dining in the United States. Anyway, the next morning, it was time to uh, get onto the Norwegian Viva, but I took a little bit of a walk around uh, the block to uh, go grab a coffee somewhere and maybe a SIM card and uh, and just to get a bit of a feel for Miami. And it was really interesting how organized and how clean and how I found quite disciplined that particular neighborhood was. And uh, it was right there uh, close to the to the cruise terminals. And I mean, as I say, it, it might not be representative of the whole of Miami, but uh, I must say I had a very interesting uh, walk uh, around the city felt very safe, very energized, and uh, like I said, very organized. And I got to meet a whole bunch of uh, interesting select guests and media who were invited from around the world, uh, including a couple of South Africans as well, who were invited to be part of this christening. And we headed off to the cruise terminal for Norwegian Cruise Lines, which is, I mean, it's huge. It's like an, it's like an airport terminal. And Miami is sort of the cruise capital of the world. So it is just the most impressive thing. Uh, to go through. And it is very much like boarding a plane. You've got the security checks and obviously they scan the baggage and all those sort of things. And then you get your ticket and then you head on to the ship. And then obviously it's the big exercise of trying to find your your room. And it is a brand new spanking ship. So it has got the latest technology, the latest design, the latest layout. I mean, the room, uh, which was a balcony room, was very spacious, well thought through. It had a beautiful design. I was not left wanting. I must say, it was absolutely uh, fabulous. And uh, to give you a bit of an overview of this of the ship, the Norwegian Viva, it, it ha- takes about 3,099 guests and uh, has a crew of 1,506 people. It has two major accommodation options. So uh, there's one, which is general rooms, which is broken up into suites, you know, balcony suites, balcony rooms, ocean view rooms, inside rooms, and studio rooms. And then two, which they call the Haven, which is like a hidden space which is, sits on uh, the top part of the ship and features uh, very luxurious rooms. It has a 24-hour butler service, concierge service, and a private sun deck and bar. And uh, I had a chance to tour that as well. Didn't really stay there, but uh, toured it. And it's for people who like to have sort of a quiet space, a space to relax, space where you're not part of the hustle and bustle, but you also uh, have a chance to obviously use the general facilities. And then when you've had enough, you can sort of retire back to your Uh, your haven, your private space. Let's take a quick break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. The best of talk and music in one hour. This is the Santon Times Hour. The best of Santon and beyond. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. You're listening to the Sand Times Hour on Mix 93.8, and I'm chatting about attending the christening of a cruise ship in Miami, and I'm taking you along for this journey. So, it's it's quite an interesting thing to be part of a cruise ship christening, because this is really like the moment that this cruise ship comes to life. The process involves many traditions, uh, which intend to uh, sort of invite good luck, and uh, the shipping industry seems to have a myriad of these long-standing traditions, and... Uh, one of those uh, traditions that many people know is uh, that breaking of the, the sacrificial bottle of champagne over the bow uh, as the ship is, is named and launched. 
Uh, that did happen, and it's a, it's quite formalized now. I mean, I think back in the days, they sort of had somebody who had to like be hauled up with a crane, and they had to sort of throw the bottle against the the bar and hope it breaks. Now they've got sort of almost like a swing, which is activated with a button. It's quite something, but it dates back thousands of years. I think the Egyptians, the Greeks, and the Romans, they all had uh, their sort of ways of of calling upon the gods of the time to protect uh, all those who got onto the ship and evoking favors from the monarch of the seas, which uh, were you know people like Poseidon in the Greek mythology or Neptune in the Roman mythology. And uh, there was also the use of wine, uh, which was drunk and poured over the ship. And uh, in this case, we, we didn't have any of that, but we did have a priest and a rabbi who uh, gave a blessing over the Norwegian viva during the formal proceedings. And I mean, there were a couple of hundred, if not thousand people in this terminal, massive stage set up. Uh, there were speeches by the the president, the CEO, the chairman of of, of Norwegian Cruise Line, and uh, and obviously we had the blessing part, and we also had a godfather, which I'll get into just now. But uh, every nation obviously has its own uh, superstitions and its own ways of blessing the ship. But obviously they're all seeking good luck and safe travels for all those on board, and it's quite a an interesting and exciting and emotional uh, special moment uh, when when a ship comes alive after a christening. And uh, like I mentioned, it's also become very customary to have an iconic woman or a man who is part of the christening uh, of a new cruise ship. And uh, at the launch ceremony, they become the godmother or the godfather of that ship. And in this case, it was a, a multi-award winning singer, Luis Fonsi. Uh, you probably know him for his smash hit, Despacito which became a, a big hit around the world over the last couple of years. But uh, there were a series of reasons why Luis was selected as the godfather, including the fact that he is uh, based in Florida and uh, the Norwegian Viva is ported out of uh, San Juan in Puerto Rico, uh, which is one of the destinations. And uh, it's also Luis's hometown. So there were a couple of good reasons why they decided to get him in and, uh, and have him be the godfather of the ship. Then there was a christening dinner after that with a very special christening dinner menu at uh, Hudson's, which is a stunning restaurant. It has a 270-degree view of the ocean, and uh, that was followed by a super exclusive concert. And when I say super exclusive, I think we were probably a few hundred people or so in the room with Louise Fonsi performing live, and, uh, and what a memorable experience that was. And to give you maybe a, a quick taste of, of what the Norwegian Viva sort of had to offer... It's quite something. They've got roughly 13 dining options. So uh, some are included, some are the part of the the usual package. And then there's some speciality dining, which means that there's a bit of a surcharge that you have to pay. Then I'd say they have about 18 plus spots where you can grab a drink. And there's loads of entertainment, including there's a speedway or a go-kart track on top of the ship. Uh, so if you want to drive a go-kart whilst the ship is moving in the ocean, <laughs> they've got that. Then there's multiple water slides as well. Then there's also the Beetlejuice musical, which is currently being staged uh, as part of the, the sort of musical performance. There's a comedy club. There's live musical performances all over the ship uh, at any given stage. And uh, there's also dry slides that take you from the top deck all the way down to the bottom deck. <laughs> and that is hair-raising. Then there's a gym. There's infinity pools all over. And then the most gorgeous spa with a thermal lounge, multiple saunas, and treatment rooms. This is something that you really want to make time to use. It is just absolutely gorgeous. It is really big. A couple of South Africans working there as well, so you might hear the odd Afrikaans uh, phrase. And uh, then you can also do some shopping on the ship, and there's also a Starbucks uh, that also 
is an additional cost, but uh, it's quite a treat if you can squeeze that in. Well, there's only one way to wrap up this segment, and that is with the man himself, the godfather of Norwegian Viva, Luis Fonsi, as we take a quick break and more on Miami right after this. Online. On air. Anywhere. Anytime. This is the Santon Times Hour. The Santon Times Hour continues. Welcome to the second half of the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. I'm Alexander Leibner, and that was Louis Fonsi and uh, Demi Lovato with Echame la culpa, or blame me, translated into English. If you caught something intriguing during the show but missed the details, don't worry. Head over to the santontimes.co.za and explore the comprehensive show notes, or as comprehensive as possible, for a breakdown of all the highlights from this week's edition with further reading and links. Also, don't forget to connect with the Santon Times on social media at Santon Times and feel free to join the conversation. Whether it's a tweet, a WhatsApp message, a DM, or a voice note, choose your preferred mode of engagement and feel free to also use hashtag Santon Times Hour. Well, our first week back behind the microphone for 2024 and I'm taking you on an armchair trip to Miami as I recount some of the encounters of my December and uh, I headed to the United States for a series of experiences. And uh, interesting enough, I came across this flight center report. And they released some data for 2023. It was called the Year in Travel Report. And uh, this report unveiled a list of top international destinations where South Africans ventured in 2023. Mauritius secured the top spot. And that was followed by Dubai, Thailand, Zanzibar, and yes, the United States. And in addition to this, uh, on the cruise front, the average age of cruise customers, uh, according to this uh, Flight Center report, was 51 and a half years old. Then South Africans favored balcony rooms and interior rooms, with most cruises departing from Cape Town and Durban. And the top global cruise ports visited included Rome, Barcelona, Venice, and Southampton. So speaking about cruising and traveling to the United States, I had a chance to connect with Kevin Buwaltz, Vice President and Managing Director of Continental Europe, Middle East and Africa at Norwegian Cruise Line, who joined me for the christening of the Norwegian Viva. And uh, we had a chance to have a quick chat. I asked him how he was feeling at this moment now that the Norwegian Viva was on its way. Yeah, it's always a moment of pride, of course. This is ship number 19 for us in our fleet now. I'm with the company actually more than 18 years now, so I've seen this grow over the years. And a day like yesterday when you welcome a new member to the fleet officially, that's a special day for us, of course. How do you feel this strategy towards bigger, more exciting, more glamorous ships is working for Norwegian Cruise Line? I mean, you've already got the next big cruise already announced for 2025 that's coming online. You're absolutely right about more exciting and new things as well and we will always evolve as a as a brand but we're not necessarily just going for bigger so this ship class here actually is a little smaller than the last one we bought um, this has about 3,000 passengers and the last ones the breakaway class was about 4,000 passengers so we are trying to build a flexible fleet of ships that have the right size for where we go in the world in some areas you want to have a bigger ship in some areas you want to have a smaller ship so we have out of the 19 ships that we have ships of all sizes basically and this is our new beautiful class but it was a little smaller than the last one we built now we're in miami at the moment we're here for the launch and we're taking a bit of a cruise into the bahamas it's an established port it's an established market i think it's probably the leading cruise space when it comes to cruising in the world but ncl is starting to make uh, 
its way into different other parts of the, of the world, including uh, Africa and South Africa. You had your inaugural cruise for the Norwegian Jade. You're coming back again with the Norwegian Dawn. What are some of the thinking and some of the thoughts in terms of your expansion and your penetration of these new markets? And what is the demand that's driving that? So we are a truly global cruise line. And um, if you look at some of our competitors from the North American market, they are very much focused on the Caribbean. For us, actually, only 30% of our itineraries are in the Caribbean. So that's a bit surprising to some, but we are actually more global than we are a Caribbean-based cruise line. So that means we are now in every continent, uh, around 400 ports um, uh, in the world that we go to with our ships. And we are continuously developing new destinations. So South Africa is one of the new destinations post-COVID that we've now started to come to and uh, it's something that our guests really like to see that we're now having these beautiful itineraries from Mauritius to Cape Town along the garden route basically as well so we are really excited about developing new itineraries around the world on all continents. So South Africa's coming on board in terms of the cruise business. I mean, we've had the Cape Town Cruise Terminal, which is uh, doing a very good job, I think, at this point. We've just had the Nelson Mandela Cruise Terminal open in Durban. How important is it, this investment into cruise infrastructure for a cruise line to say, we're prepared to come to the party as well? Because I suppose without the infrastructure, it's very difficult to run a cruise itinerary. Yeah, that's definitely key because in the end, we have people who are on their holiday, they spend their precious little holiday time that they have in the year. We want to provide them the best possible experience. So if you have a good professional infrastructure locally, then it's we can do that, right? So we always need to partner with the communities on land where we go to. Having great infrastructure like the terminals you mentioned in Cape Town and in Durban is, is a very good help for us and makes us want to come even more, right? Where do you feel that the NCL product fits into the kaleidoscope of cruise offerings that there are in the world? I mean, if somebody's never been on a cruise or they've only been on one or two cruises and they've, they've kind of got a bit of a feel for it, uh, where would you position the NCL product in all of that? So NCL is meant to be a contemporary cruise product, so like in the middle, um, but on the top of that segment. So we are not aiming to be playing um, the low price game. Uh, so you, you will often not find us to be the cheapest in the market, but we are a quality cruise line. So as you can see around us here on this ship, we are investing in the quality of service and the quality of food and everything that we do, you will find it at the high end of quality. And um, so the value that guests are getting on an NCL cruise is incredible. And that's what more and more people are realizing now, especially compared to a land-based vacation. Um, look at what hotels cost on land sometimes look at what you can get here in the cruise package and um, we are definitely aiming to be the quality cruise line. A lot of media on this cruise are talking about uh, the boom in cruising, the return to cruising after a very uncertain period. It feels like we've kind of got uh, smooth sailing ahead. Uh, how are you perceiving that uh, change in the market or that, re uh, that readapting of the market in terms of coming back onto cruising and kind of filling up ships? Are you seeing that demand? Yeah, so we are now back. Um, our benchmark was always the year 2019 before the pandemic. And uh, we have surpassed the numbers of 2019 now in uh, 2022. And now in 2023, we will again. Um, so we are on a healthy track. For 2024, um, we are actually in the best booked ahead position 
for the cruises next year that we've ever been in our company history. We are always looking at December 31st when we turn the year, how much of next year do we have sold already? And it will be around about 65, 66% that we will have sold already on that day of the next year's cruises, which is a very high number um, already to be done. So you see the demand is very strong for cruises and that's from all over the world, including South Africa. The last couple of weeks especially, we've seen strong demand from South Africa. So I think um, the value proposition that cruises bring, more and more people find out about that and are interested in trying this for a holiday. In, in terms of this, uh, this product, are you finding uh, that there's a huge demand for ever better and ever more uh, luxurious spaces? I mean, we've just had a tour of The Haven, uh, which is your uh, sort of premium offering on board a normal NCL ship in, in terms of classes. Are you seeing that there's a, a huge demand for that kind of uh, experience and that kind of living on board of a ship? Yeah, so I mean, the Haven is a special product. It's our ship inside the ship concept, right? Where you have an area that is only accessible to those who live there with a key card. Only those that live in the suites up there can go to that. It has its own restaurant, own sun deck and everything. So this is something that uh, when I joined 18 years ago, um, we were sometimes having to upgrade people into the suites because we weren't selling the suites before. Now it's the other way around. The ships sell from the top down. The suites are the first things to be sold out typically. So there is a strong demand for that. That's why you've seen the Haven con uh, is also growing a lot. Uh, we have more suites now in that complex as before. But really the demand for quality experiences is, is strong throughout everything we have on the ship down to the inside cabins. People now, especially post the pandemic, want to have um, a certainty when they do something with their precious time and with their money that it's a great experience, that they are getting a great value. So that's why we are dedicated to be a quality product throughout all the, the areas that we offer, throughout all the categories that we offer. Moving into 2024, what is the, the out, uh, outlook for you, the outlook for the company, where are you going, what are the next big steps? So for 2024, we have very good demand. We are in a record booked position already for our cruises next year. Um, so we are looking forward to a successful year from a business perspective. We will have a couple of new destinations around the world as every year, basically. We will have the first full year of the Viva in service. Um, and then uh, we are preparing for the next ship that's coming that will be the Norwegian Aqua that launches in 2025. She's already on sale now. Cruises are being sold early typically. So throughout the next year, we will be speaking a lot about Norwegian Aqua and the new things she has to offer as well. And um, that will be another exciting chapter in our company. That was Kevin Buwaltz, Vice President and Managing Director of Continental Europe, Middle East and Africa at Norwegian Cruise Line, chatting to me on board the Norwegian Viva somewhere in the Bahamas last year. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. So as you've probably gathered, there was more to do and see than there was actual time to do any of it. But uh, one activity I wanted to touch on was swimming with pigs in the Bahamas. And this sounds as ridiculous as it possibly is. But uh, as part of the entire cruise experience, uh, most cruise ships, especially if they have long itineraries or long schedules, they offer excursions uh, onto the shore. So you might find that you are spending some time where you're just on the ocean cruising around. And there's days where you actually get to go off the ship and you get to explore wherever it is that the ship has stopped. Now, one of these places is uh, NCL's very own island, uh, which is called the Great Stirrup Cay. And uh, it is just something else. I mean, you can just imagine if you remember Enya's Caribbean Blue, uh, it's these turquoise waters, beautiful white beaches, and uh, bars, restaurants, 
all kinds of things, all kinds of water sports, and of course, also some excursions. So one of my South African media colleagues says to me on the ship, what are you doing for the excursion? I said, well, I haven't really thought about it. Maybe, you know, there's jet skiing and there's all kinds of things. She says, well, why don't you do the swimming with the pigs? I said, what do you mean swimming with pigs? Where? She said, no, there's an excursion where you can go swim with pigs in the Bahamas. And I've heard of this. I think I even saw a, a video clip of this somewhere online. And I thought, no, you've got to be kidding me. Really? So went on this adventure of trying to discover where we can do this. And, and really, you can do this. And uh, the story goes, and there's a couple of different stories, and I don't know if there's an official story on how these pigs got there, but supposedly pirates or sailors or something along those lines left these pigs as part of their kitchen inventory at the time on these islands in the Bahamas, thinking that they would come back at some point and uh, have a feast. And in some instances, they didn't come back. The pigs were left on these islands, and the pigs survived. They found stuff to do, they found stuff to eat, and they've been there ever since, and uh, they're very tame. So off we went to go and swim with the pigs in the Bahamas. So you get off the ship, you there's you know you register, you choose your excursion, and they take you on a speedboat, and you kind of head off for a good five or ten minute uh, speedboat trip to the, these islands where these pigs live, and they live on a beach. Uh, you know, if they're not napping, they're swimming, and if they're not swimming, they're napping. And uh, they kind of run around uh, in the space, and uh, it's it's quite bizarre. It's a very bizarre experience because <laughs> you don't expect to see pigs swimming in the ocean, but they are. So how it works is that you then uh, kind of get given apples because they enjoy eating apples, and for your safety, you kind of put them onto a, a bit of the, a, sort of a, a longish uh, wooden stick just in case uh, the pig mis mistakes your hand for the apple. So uh, that's sorted out. And then literally you sort of dive into the ocean and uh, the pigs come swimming around and you feed them apples. And there you are on a Thursday afternoon feeding pigs in the Bahamas apples on a stick. And to add even more novelty to this entire experience, uh, the guys who sort of look after the pigs when the you know when the tourists aren't visiting, uh, they have sort of a sound system going on there, and uh, they were playing YMCA, and I thought, how insane is this? Here we are feeding apples to pigs in the Bahamas on a Thursday afternoon, listening to the village people. But what an experience it is! And if you ever get a chance to do it, do it. It is quite something, and there is nothing that makes you quite as happy as that experience because it is just really so unusual and so extreme. Well, let's take a quick break. It's time to head back to the mainland, Miami, and there's probably no better song to set the tone than this. Connect with the Santon Times. Email editor at santontimes.co.za. Follow the Santon Times on social media. At Santon Times. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. And uh, what better way to ease into the final minutes of this week's special Miami Mondelung than Miami by Will Smith, who I believe is also a resident of the city, along with uh, Lionel Messi, Jeff Bezos, Jennifer Lopez, Pitbull, and the list goes on. They've actually got a special part of Miami, which is like a private island where all the rich and famous stay. And you can't just get on there. You need to be invited. And I believe 
the houses there go for something like 20 or $40 million. Uh, and then you've got all the yachts parked there. I mean, it is just very lavish and very bougie, but uh, it's quite something. And it adds something to the whole fabric of Miami. And, you know, so often I've heard people saying, you know, Durban being nicknamed the Miami of South Africa, which I think is a bit of an insult to Miami, <laughs> given the, the current state of Durban. But there's honestly no reason why Durban couldn't be the Miami of South Africa. It really could. I mean, the similarities, the culture, the position, the weather, etc. it's all there. But Miami is just run so well. They really understand what they've got. It's, it's so organized, so neat. You know, everything just works. And it, it, it really is just uh, geared towards bringing investors, international tourists. It is just, it's a slick operation. Durban has all the potential. It just needs to be steered in the right direction if we're going to be using ship examples during uh, this hour. Now, Miami is known for its uh, stunning beaches, uh, its vibrant nightlife, and it obviously has a very distinctive skyline as well. Even if you've never been there, and this is, a, I found quite an interesting thing about the United States, is that it always feels like you have been there. You've probably heard of places like Ocean Drive, South Beach, Miami, and, and then there's also the 800 Art Deco buildings. Uh, I think it's the, the largest collection of Art Deco architecture in the world, which is really something to see. And uh, if you've watched movies like Miami Vice, and you've obviously watched The Birdcage, Bad Boys, and there's probably another 100 other movies, you know, you do get that feeling that you've been to the United States before because you know the brands, you know some of the names, you know the states, you know the cities, and even if you've never been there, it's, it's quite amazing how that U.S. culture has been exported to the rest of the world to the extent that you know the place even though you've never been there. And this happened quite a bit during this trip. My impression of Miami is that it was very clean, as I mentioned. It's very organized and it's also well run. I mean, there seems to be a sense of law and order. Uh, I mean, the most bizarre thing is when you see people stopping at traffic lights, traffic lights at work, roads that are in mint condition, and they stop behind the line and people can cross and everyone knows their place, uh, knows the rules, and they stick to the rules, and they have a sense of responsibility. Uh, and that tends to come with rights. So they're intertwined, rights and responsibility. And uh, I thought that uh, I really got a good sense of that in Miami. And there's quite a bit to see, uh, depending on you know what you enjoy and what you, you'd like to do. I think a good three to five days there should give you a good overview of the city. And I must be honest, I've never heard as much Spanish as I had in Miami. And uh, if you want to try and speak some Spanish, well, that's the place to try it. Because in some instances, some people don't even speak English. So uh, I found I was using some English in some instances. But for the most of it, I was trying to uh, Google translate Spanish sentences and Spanish words to to try and get around. Um, especially at hotels, restaurants, uh, in an Uber or using public transport, uh, this became quite an important thing because there's many people who've come to Miami from places like Cuba, Venezuela, Colombia, the Caribbean itself, and they've settled in Miami and they've obviously looked for uh, either a different political system or they've looked for economic opportunities and uh, they've really added this incredible flavor and and cult quite a international multicultural feel to uh, to this U.S. city. One of the things I took a chance to to do is have lunch at Gianni's restaurant at the Villa Casa Casuarina. It's situated at 1116 Ocean Drive, Miami Beach. And Gianni offers a delicious blend of Italian Mediterranean food and has a very nice wine selection as well. 
And it's served in a one-of-a-kind historic setting, which is Gianni Versace's former mansion. And if you've watched the, the series or the special on uh, Netflix, you'll know exactly where this is and what it looks like. And uh, the villa was originally built in 1930 by the architect, author, and philanthropist Alden Freeman. And in 1992, the villa was purchased by the famous Italian fashion designer Gianni Versace, and he lived there from 1992 until his death uh, on the 15th of July, 1997, when he was shot dead in front of the house by Andrew Cunanan. And today the villa operates as a boutique hotel, a restaurant, and also an event venue. And uh, managed to secure a table there next to the pool, which is best known for its incredible design. It's known as the Thousand Mosaic Pool. And it's adorned with thousands of 24-karat gold tiles, which were imported from Italy. It's a very distinctive pool. I mean, needless to say, lunch wasn't all that cheap. Uh, as with most things in the United States, which I found, and I believe this is a post-COVID thing, so I thought it was just expensive because we're South African and we're having to convert rands into dollars. But supposedly the States has become very expensive even for people in the United States. Uh, prices just absolutely went through the roof. Uh, we always keep talking about the cost of living crisis. And it's very evident uh, in the United States and especially the, the people I sort of spoke to and, and engaged with. But it is a bucket list experience. If, uh, if you're into sort of history, into dining, if you enjoy Versace, that's something to do and something to see. Another great dining spot was in Little Havana, which is sort of this very Latin heart of uh, Miami. It's an entire strip where they've got uh, Latin American shops. They've got Latin American restaurants. And there was a cafe with a walk-up window uh, selling Cuban coffee. And I had a chance to visit this. It's called uh, Sandwich de Miami. And they specialize in gourmet handcrafted Cuban sandwiches. Absolutely divine. Uh, once again, you've got someone behind the counter who speaks broken English and you know you're getting the authentic thing. Really great uh, sandwiches, really great coffee. And if you're into Latin American food, this is a definite must visit. Uh, Little Havana, tons of different restaurants. And I come back to my example about Durban, where once again, some incredible, different, diverse, cultural dining in Durban. And I think, wouldn't it be amazing if we had our very own Little Havana in uh, in Durban, where you could safely and comfortably walk up and down. I mean, this street must be a couple of kilometers and dip and taste and feel and experience and listen to some of the incredible culture that South Africa has to serve up. Well, I think that's all we have time for this week on the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. Thank you for joining me for my Miami Mundling and as always available as a podcast on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or any other leading digital audio platform. If you want to get in touch, you can email editor at santantimes.co.za, and I'll try my best to get back to you on email. If you do send one, you can connect on social media at Times on threads, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You pick your platform, and you can do that. Or you can visit the website at santantimes.co.za. And feel free to send through your questions, your comments, your feedback. All of that is very much welcome. Vincenzo, it's good to have uh, you back again. And uh, here's to another incredible year for all of us. And uh, it's great to be taking our Santon Times, our nation with us on this trip. Thank you to the Santon Times team as well as everyone at Mix 93.8. I think let's play out with a track for the Bahama Pigs. It's the Village People with YMCA. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. And let's do it all again next week. <laughs>